It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. It's week eight for 2023, our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and stories from the schools in the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara, as always, and we may have a winner. And then again, we may not. But suffice to say, Marquette is the front runner from a preseason pick by the coaches for ninth ninth in the Big East to the precipice of claiming a regular season title and the top seed for the postseason tournament. The Golden Eagles hold a two-game lead over Creighton, Xavier, and Providence with three to play heading into games this weekend. And after winning on the road at Creighton this week, Kev, we finally had the road breakthrough that we kind of figured was coming at some point. It took a while, John, and uh, top teams had been perfect at home, but sure enough, two breakthrough victories, but the big one, certainly Marquette, at Creighton, congratulations to the Golden Eagles. It's not over yet. You know, three difficult games down the stretch. They they host DePaul and St. John's and play at Butler, but uh, they'll be favored in all three. Well, Villanova got to start it off on the road trend this week. They won at Xavier Tuesday night. Providence had an opportunity to grab second place all for themselves, but then UConn put a stop to those plans, at least on Wednesday night in stores with a win over the Friars. Marquette may look ready to clinch, but there's still plenty to play for. You just alluded to it in the final week of the regular season coming up. Well, and the jockeying right behind Marquette is going to be really active. You mentioned Providence, Xavier, and Creighton all all at 12-5. and Uh, They've all beaten each other up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not many have beaten Marquette. And sure enough, they play each other down the stretch as well. So certainly going to be interesting with Big East tournament seeding definitely coming into focus. And we're going to talk about some of that coming up. But first, let's get to the highlights with our Big East headlines. Marquette is in position to claim its first Big East regular season title in 10 years after a 73-71 win over Creighton in Omaha. Two huge shots down the stretch came from junior guard Tyler Kolick, who leads the league in assists may also lead the league in guts shown on the floor. It was Villanova's road win at Xavier 64-63 Tuesday night that snapped a 32-0 home record for the top four teams combined in the league standings. Suddenly, the home floor in the Big East is giving off just a whiff of vulnerability. There are positional battles shaping up as well over the last week outside of the top four. UConn has a one-game lead over Seton Hall for fifth and the final bye for the postseason tournament with three to play. Huskies are two games out of the second spot with three to play. Seton Hall has a one-game lead over Villanova for sixth. And after St. John's, who's won three of four, they won at Georgetown on Wednesday. The Red Storm is a game and a half in back of the Wildcats. The Big East in the polls, the only conference in the country this week with five teams in the top 20 of the Associated Press top 25. Marquette is ranked 10th, followed by Xavier, Creighton, UConn, Providence. All five teams are also in the USA Today coaches poll top 25 and ranked in the net top 40 metric. So, Kev, we're we're getting some tightening in the middle of the pack. There's an absolute race to the finish line for spots two, three, and four in New York. Is there also the opportunity for a sixth Big East team to move into the NCAA tournament mix? Well, probably Seton Hall and Villanova have to win the Big East tournament. Uh, I don't think that they have done quite enough. Uh, Seton Hall is actually ahead of Villanova if you really want to break down you know, the metrics and whatnot. But I think more importantly, John, if you talk to the coaches around the Big East, 
No one's going to want to see Villanova in New York. And that's not a surprise, you know, that with Justin Moore coming back, uh, working his way into top form, uh, the Wildcats are dangerous. And they certainly showed that at Xavier. And, and I'm sure you've heard the same about Villanova, correct? Right. No question about it. I mean, once you have Justin Moore and, and you have uh, Jordan Longino back into the mix and you still have the regular weapons that they normally have, Eric Dixon all of a sudden is founding his range from three-point range for the big man. So that, that opens up a different dimension for a team that can pull the opposing center out to the perimeter and you got you got to guard the guy because he, he almost single-handedly knocked off Providence when the Friars uh, held on to win a game at home. So... Uh, Nova is definitely a team that is rounding into some kind of form that everybody thought they could get to before the season got started. Hey, John, who doesn't like to be the the, the wild card when you all gather at Madison Square Garden? Villanova is going to be that wild card. Well, you're playing with house money. I mean, you're literally playing with house money. It's kind of like, well, you know, we're not expected to be here, so let's just go out and play. And that's when a team, I think, with some talent can be most dangerous. And you said talent. You know, you mentioned Dixon, uh, Caleb Daniels, uh, and don't forget about Cam Whitmore, our potential rookie of the year. So an Ooh. awful lot of talent for Villanova. I can, I can just see those Villanova fans, again, filing into the garden with an <laughs> awful lot of confidence. It could happen. It could happen. Hey, thanks to our Westwood One affiliate stations for being with us all season long. Thank you for catching us on SiriusXM. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast site, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to rate us and give us a review. For more on the podcast, you can always visit the website. It's www.twitb.buzzsprout.com. And you can always listen to the show online, westwoodonesports.com and on bigeast.com. Inside episode eight this week, do you ever wonder if, by some slight chance, at this pressure-packed time of the season, that coaches actually get a chance to enjoy the road they travel? Creighton's Greg McDermott will give us his thoughts on that. The national perspective comes from CBS Sports and former Big East coach Steve Lapis, who has his ideas on the contenders and pretenders thus far. And if you're into clutch point guard play, we have just the guy for you. There have been none clutcher than Marquette's Tyler Kolick, and he joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. Big East Spotlight. Five on the shot clock. Kolick down the left side of the lane. Banks it home past Whitmore. The point guard going to work down the stretch. The biggest lead of the night for Marquette with a game on the line. The key players have stepped up. Welcome back to this week in the Big East. Is leadership important on the basketball court? Sure. It always helps to have a guiding force a steadying hand, a sound opinion to rely upon when trying to compete and win games. Coaches take on much of that burden and responsibility, and rightfully so. But on the floor, oftentimes those requirements or duties fall to the point guard, whose job lies in trying to make the jobs of the other teammates around him easier, not harder. Tyler Kolick has done that, and then some, this season for the Marquette Golden Eagles. He joins us this week in the Big East. Tyler, can you tell us why you seem to be such a good fit for the role as a team leader out on the floor and why your teammates respond to you the way they do? Yeah, it's just all about the relationships that you build off the floor um, and the relationships that you build throughout the throughout the wars and the battles that you have in the, in the practice gym and, and everything like that. All, all the things that you overcome kind of just build a, build a relationship. You know, it's interesting, Tyler, in this day and age in college basketball, yeah, the transfer portal is so important. You guys have not gone that way uh, largely. Uh, instead, it's been a group of guys who've 
who've been added in the last couple of years and grown together. It, does that speak to maybe what, what you just finished uh, uh, speaking about? Yeah, I mean, that's something that we preach every day. Uh, just, you know, staying connected and staying with each other. And, you know, like you said, every, every guy's gotten better from from the first day that they've stepped on the campus. And, and you know, that's something that, that we pride ourselves in. We get in the gym, we work out, we work on it, and we really want to get better. Yeah, I, I wanted to follow up on that. So an awful lot of times, the head coach gets an lo- awful lot of uh, notoriety, uh, deservedly so in your case with, with Coach Smart. But uh, this is your moment to tell uh, the listeners and maybe a shout out to anyone on the staff who who has worked the best with you. Uh, how have you improved uh, your shooting, uh, your ball handling, uh, your physical body in the, in the two years that you've been at Marquette? Yeah, it's just consistency. Um, I feel like, you know, last year, even though I didn't have the, the particular year that I wanted to, I was, you know, I was doing all the same things. I was, I was working on my game, working on my body, working on my, you know, the biggest thing that, that probably changed for me this year was, was my, my mental. And that's, that, that's a big part of the game is just, you know, being mentally strong and being able to, to get through those moments, just like yesterday against Creighton and, and you know, 18,000 fans screaming at you and, and just being able to keep your composure and, and, and lead the way. You know, you, you mentioned changing your, your game and changing your body. Where do you think the biggest changes come from? And, and, and what do you like about that change? And what do you not like about it? I mean, it's not so much changing my game because, uh, I mean, I feel like I've played the same way my whole life. No matter where I've been, I've, I've kind of kind of figured it out and, and, and found my, my groove. Playing my role on this team, I'm playing the role of the leader, playing the role of the point guard, like you said, the extension of the coach, and just, you know, trying, trying to help everybody along the way. You know, Tyler, you mentioned the Creighton game, one of the best games uh, of the Big East season, one of the most important games of the Big East season with Marquette uh, getting the win and and looking like it's in, in the leadership position for the Big East regular season title. Uh, two things on that game. Number one, uh, it comes down to the last couple minutes, and, and Tyler Kolek is, is the guy who ends up making the two uh, big shots. Was that opportunity or was it you saying, okay, it's uh, it's it's not cutting time right now and, and it's on me? All, all of my teammates and, and myself included fought, fought hard to to put us in that position, and you know it, it was anybody who could have made the plays. Um, it just just happened to, to be myself. But but like I said, I mean Cam Jones was special in the second half. Also, Gadar was special in the second half. Stevie Mitchell on defense was special in the second half, and and we needed we needed every last bit of it. Just those last two buckets are seemingly the ones that that put us ahead. But you know everything that led up to that moment to put us in that position was really what what got us started. And the follow-up is, uh, where do you think you guys are in the uh, in the Big East race? And uh, it's been quite a year so far. We we don't try and try and standing watch too much. Uh, I mean, I mean it's hard not to, but but you got to try and stay focused on, on what's important. And you know what's important is these these this next game against DePaul on Saturday, and then go from there. Just take it one game at a time, one step at a time. Tyler Kolick again from Marquette joins us this week in the Big East. Do you allow yourself at all? Do you allow your teammates at all? To look ahead at the schedule or to know what's on the agenda because you know another week to 10 days you'll have the big east tournament the ncaa's are right around the corner how much do you venture out of that structure and do you think it's a good idea to do that yeah you know as a leader and an older guy you kind of gotta gotta keep the guys grounded and, and keep them in the moment and you know these seasons go by fast and and you blink and, and it's all over so you kind of got to focus on, on the day that you're in now and and the next opponent that you have and you know, if if you look too far ahead, look over people. You, this this league, you you can somebody can catch you even uh, not on your best day. So you got you got to be prepared for every game and and, and every day.
You know, uh, Tyler, the, the the story of the year in in the Big East among reporters, anyways, is uh, you at the media day. You found out that you were picked eighth. You weren't happy. Might even have talked a little. Uh, it, was little, little it, was, it was ninth. It was ninth. It was ninth. ninth. <laughs> even worse, and Tyler noticed. Okay, um, <laughs> but but obviously, working with your teammates all see, all uh, summer long, you knew that wasn't going to happen. Uh, why was that? And could you have foreseen? what's rolling out so far this year yeah we knew we had you know a humble confidence about us uh we we had lost a a good amount of pieces but but we knew that we had you know like you said earlier the improvement that we've made we knew that we were going to make that um we knew the jumps that that needed to be made um and you know seeing that ranking kind of just it just it just fired us up i mean we we didn't really take to it we didn't really kind of put too much thought into it uh, except you know that's just going to motivate us and drive us into becoming what we wanted to become. And I feel like, you know, we've done a great job with that. But let's remember that it was the dopey coaches who did that, not the dopey sports writers. Okay. Yeah, they had a, they had a writer's poll too. What'd you guys have us at? I don't know. I never, I, I never I voted. voted. Yeah. No. I need, I need to see that writer's poll. Yeah. I want to see that. I can tell you one thing, Tyler, <laughs> only because I'm a man of honesty, I would not have had you in the top five. Okay. So you've, you've, yeah. de- you've definitely outperformed. No, no I question. Appreciate, I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate it. Tyler Kolick again, joining us here. All right. So, Tyler, overall, uh, other than yourself, who do you feel like is the most important piece to what you guys put out there on the floor every game? I mean, so many guys do so many different things. Uh, Stevie Mitchell, Max Prosser kind of spearhead our defense. Also, Guadaro's in there with our kind of with the versatility he brings on defense. But, you know, <clears throat> I think we got a great three-headed monster. I mean, we showed it last night. Uh, Myself, Cam Jones, and Osuga Guidaro just kind of stepping forward and, and, and taking hold of, of the roles that, that we presented with each other. Um, we went on this retreat earlier before the season uh, and kind of did this whole role talk, which is basically, you know, players telling players what they wanted each guy to do. Um, and I feel like that was really powerful for us for us because uh, it really set in stone. You know, it can come from the coaches what they want you to do, but it's, it's way more powerful if your own teammates are telling you, and your own, you know, those are your best friends. Those are the guys that are in the trenches with you every day. So it, it's, it's much more powerful with that. And, you know, a big key, a big key for us is, is also Guidaro, man. I said it yesterday, and I don't think he gets talked about enough in this league. I think, you know, he's one of the best bigs. He's the best big I've ever played with, and he's one of the best bigs in this league. And I think people need to start talking about that. Uh, cl- clearly the, the, the most uh, multidimensional big in this league. Uh, uh, Tyler, okay, we're going to put you back on, on that trip. What did your teammates – uh, what role did they put you in, and uh, how did that uh, get you going for this season? Yeah, my biggest thing uh, was leadership. They they wanted me to be a five star leader, and you know, as you guys are saying, as the point guard on the floor, as the extension of the coach, I kind of had to embody that and, and and bring along the younger guys. I mean, I was the only guy that had played two seasons of college basketball uh, besides a transfer that we had from from coming from NAIA. Um, so it was, so I kind of had to instill my my older wisdom, if you want to call it that, <laughs> in two years. I mean, we didn't we didn't really have any veteran guys, so I had to kind of step forward and and really really take hold of that role. And and I feel like I've, I've been doing a great job along with uh, Oso. He, he's done he's done a great job in this, the same aspect. We kind of spearheaded together, uh, playing playing good cop bad cop a little bit. I, I go on the bad cop, he takes the good cop. 
All right. Well, the 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 only answer that we've tried to ask, or the question we've tried to ask most everybody uh, that we've had on the show this year, has to do with where you like playing. We know that you are a Rhode Island native, so we know when you come back to Providence, it's probably a lot of fun because you get friends and family. Is there a spot other than your own at Fiserv Form that you really enjoy the challenge of playing in? Yeah, I mean, Providence is is a great challenge just because of the the mental barriers that you got to get over going there. I mean, playing in front of your whole friends, your whole family, uh, they, they don't get to see you often because you're so far away. And then, uh, you know, just the crowd too. I mean, every, everybody knows that I'm from Rhode Island. I mean, on the, on the PA, they, uh, they announced that. And so either they're with me or not. And it, it's just fun. I mean, you guys know, I like to play to the crowd a little bit, um, <laughs> but, you know, other than Providence though, I mean, Xavier's got a great crowd. Creighton's got a great crowd. I mean, this this league shows out. Uh, the fans really show out in, in important games when, when they need it. And our fans do the same thing. I'm grateful for our fans every day. Marquette junior guard Tyler Kolick, who has been among the national leaders in assists all season long and has also been among the leaders in simply making his team better this season. Who's hot? The Big East Player of the Week, the weekly honor roll list, and another blast from the past are all next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. Who's hot? Hopkins still has it on the left wing. He's going to shoot the three over Klingon and score. Yeah, Hopkins knew he had Klingon on him. Klingon can't guard him out there. and just raised up and knocked it down. Welcome back. This week in the Big East, John Rook, Kevin McNamara, Player of the week, Bryce Hopkins from Providence. The sophomore transfer led the Friars to a perfect week a week ago. 19.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, 2.5 steals. Kevin, he's tied for the overall league in league scoring. He also leads Big East play in scoring. Bryce Hopkins, suffice it to say here, has been a find for Ed Cooley and the Friars. Uh, so no question about that, John. For a first team, all Big East in my eyes. I actually just saw a, a new ranking of the transfers you know forget about the preseason transfers that means nothing now we can tell who are the best transfers in the country i saw bryce hopkins second among yep. all transfers in the country and uh, i certainly would put him in my top five biggies freshman of the week uh, we've talked about aj store from st john's 11 and a half points five and a half rebounds in a split week for the red storm but they've won three of their last four store is going to be a factor if st john's wants to play into the postseason you know, freshmen are supposed to improve, John, and A.J. Store certainly checks that box. At the beginning of the year, I, I don't know how many minutes he played in games. And, and now, certainly a regular double-figure score and a building block for the Red Storm going forward. On the honor roll this week, Andre Jackson from UConn. You want a guy that's the, the Swiss Army knife that can do it all for you? I think Andre Jackson's that kind of guy. He had a double-double, a 15.10 rebound and a win against Seton Hall. Ryan Nemhard from Creighton, 18.5 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and a split week for Creighton. Stevie Mitchell from Marquette. We haven't really had a chance to talk about him because he's sort of been in the, in the I, I guess, in the shadows of the more prominent starters on that Marquette team. But how about Stevie Mitchell from Marquette, who's really come on strong over the last couple of weeks? Well, it's funny. Tyler Kolek just mentioned Stevie Mitchell right along with some of the big-time scorers on his team, like a Cam Jones. You know, Providence has a similar guy in a Devin Carter. I think Andre Jackson is that type of player for Connecticut. Uh, that that ultra-aggressive defensive player. And if he can score as well, you got yourself a keeper. 
Two other guys on the honor roll this week, Dylan Adewusu from St. John's, who again is kind of their Swiss Army knife kind of guy as well. Very tough defender and got great foot speed, I think. And then Terry Samuel from Seton Hall. And if the Pirates are going to make that postseason run, Samuel has to find the ball in his hands a couple of times. Hey, Samuel was on our show, John. So not a surprise that with March around the corner, he's playing his best basketball. This week, our Wayback Machine goes back 33 years to one of the most hyped, most anticipated games played in Big East history. It was a time when guys named Louie and Big John roamed the floor at the world's most famous arena. I sent a former player of mine who lived in New York by subway to St. John's Bookstore and got me that sweater. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm a flash. Number two ranked Georgetown, 85. Number one ranked St. John's, 69 on February 27th of 1985 at Madison Square Garden. The infamous sweater game with Georgetown coach John Thompson wearing a replica of St. John's Louis Karnasekas sweater before the game. Patrick Ewing was a literal huge factor, 20 points, 13 rebounds. The Hoyas controlled the game throughout to overtake the Johnnies for number one in the rankings. St. John's had won the earlier meeting in the year at Georgetown to gain the top spot in the polls in the first place. And the game, Kevin, was the highest rated and most watched college game in ESPN's young history. John, we've been fortunate to watch 40 plus years of Big East basketball. Uh, I think most fans remember some great Big East tournament games. Well, this was easily the most important and the most impactful regular season game in uh, Big East history. It was a type of game where the the New York literati, uh, the actors, uh, the models, uh, the sports stars, they wanted to be at a college basketball game. This was the ticket to have. And in the midst of all that pressure, too, is it possible then for today's coaches to actually enjoy the moment when that time comes? Something to think about. Can they also have fun with high stakes, tough opponents, and social media breathing down their necks? Well, Creighton's Greg McDermott will give us his views on that topic. Next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. Big East Focus. Back it goes to Kaluma on the left wing. Jays will have to space this one out. Shireman deep three. He's got it. Shireman, four feet behind the arc, rains the three. Creighton by 16, matching their largest lead. And a timeout, Xavier. Welcome back to this week in the Big East. This is the time of year that coaches love and also hate. But for just a moment, maybe it would be nice to revel in the thought that your team is having a special season with a chance to play into the postseason, maybe, except coaches don't really look at it like that. Mostly at this time of year, they're just trying to figure out how to beat the next team up on the schedule, or as former Providence and Xavier coach Pete Gillen used to say, how to keep the other guys from just carving out their eyeballs with a spoon. Uh, Creighton head coach Greg McDermott joins us this week in the Big East. Greg, is it possible when you're playing games like the one you had Wednesday night against Marquette, is it possible to actually enjoy the moment? You know, not really, not this time of year. Uh, you know, games are so hard and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're second time through conference play. Uh, you know, there's no more surprises. You're not going to get any gimmick baskets. Everybody can take away uh, each other's strengths. So it's every game's a grind and it's uh, it's a tough time of year, but a fun time of year. You know, Greg, Greg, the competition, especially at the top of the league this year, has been so intense uh, with teams protecting their home court. Uh, you you finally dropped one <laughs> uh, because it's so difficult to do against that Marquette team. A and yet you look around the league, it's really tough 
if you had to rate those five teams, I think almost by week, it, it might change a little bit, regardless of the records. Is that a good sign for the league? I think it's a great sign. And I think now that Villanova's healthy, I don't know that you can't add them to the mix of of a team that could beat anybody on any given day. And, you know, Seton Hall certainly played some great basketball as well. But, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing that, you know, ourselves, Marquette, Providence, and Xavier, you know, nobody's lost a home game until last night. And then us and Xavier both dropped one. Uh, but I think it speaks to, you know, the crowds and the environments in our league and how difficult it is to go into those places and win. And, and you know, certainly the other places and, you know, going to UConn and Nova and Seton Hall and St. John, I mean, none of those places are easy to play. Butler, uh, so, you know, it, it's just a great league with great coaches, and we've got some teams playing really well at the end. Greg, I think most fans would really appreciate knowing if you find yourself at any point coaching differently, not just because of the end of the season, but because of the environment that you go into, is there any different way of handling the team, or do the guys really kind of get it already? You know, I when you, especially when you're on the road, you really have to stick together and, you know, make sure you're communicating at a high level whenever you have a chance to communicate because there are times in games, you know, when we're at Providence last week that it's so loud you can't communicate uh, on the fly because the guys can't hear you, they can't hear each other. So, you know, taking advantage of every dead ball situation where you can huddle and make sure everybody's on the same page with our coverage is whether it be ball screen or what our offense set is, offensive set is the next play. Um, is really, really important. So, um, you know, it's uh, at this time of the year, the games mean so much and the the energy in those buildings is at a high, high level. I, you know, our, our energy against Marquette was one of the best we've ever had in that building. It was really, uh, really special. We just couldn't quite finish it. Greg, you've done this for a long time, had an awful lot of good teams and, and know by middle of February that you'll be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, how do you plan in your head, maybe practice, uh, obviously games, you're trying to win every game, but uh, how do you plan the last week or so of the regular season, the Big East tournament, and being ready for, in my mind, the, the only tournament that really matters is, is is the big one? Yeah, I mean, you're you're obviously gearing for that, and you know, we were we were fighting for a conference title. That's going to be tough now, uh, being two back with three to go to Marquette. Uh, but, you know, you take every game as it is one at a time and you continue to try to hopefully move your team forward uh, even late in the season. You know, uh, you know, can we make some some progress in certain areas where maybe we're struggling um, as we move into the end of the season, into the Big East tournament and then into the NCAA tournament? And, and obviously the Big East tournament is a grind. Uh, you know, the, the worst case scenario is to make it to Saturday and get beat. And we've done that four times because it takes a lot out of you moving into the NCAA tournament. Um, and then you don't, you know, you don't have the feather in your cap of winning a Big East title. So, um, you know, hopefully we're playing our best basketball at that time. We can go to New York with a little bit of momentum and carry that into the NCAA tournament. Greg McDermott joining us this week in the Big East. Coach, what have you learned about your team now, especially going through this, this tough stretch that maybe you did not know about them before this thing ever started? Yeah. I mean, we through that with that stretch in December, uh, you know, when we lost six in a row, uh, yeah. They really stuck together. And, you know, in this day and age of social media and, you know, the sky is falling. What have you done for me lately? World that we live in. Uh, you know, you you're these young people get beat up pretty bad on social media. And that's that's an area I didn't I didn't grow up with that. So I don't rely on, you know, it's not part of my life. Right. But these guys, it is. So to uh, to try to block out the outside noise when you have a tough stretch and, and really stay committed. Mm -hmm to each other and to growth and, 
you know, all that really matters is what's said in that locker room and within the practice lines of the floor. Um, you know, that's all that matters. And and to our guys' credit, during that stretch when Kalkbrenner was out, you know, we got better. We lost some close games, but we were a better team on January 1st and we were on December 1st. And we went through some tough, tough stuff during that month of December. So I was really proud um, of their stick-to-itiveness during that period and t- period of time. And I think it's I think it's served us well as we've moved into league play. The the negativity out there, some people might say, well, Creighton lost six in a row. They lost by two to Arizona, by a five, two-possession game to Texas. Those are two top 10 teams. They lost mm-hmm. one-possession games to BYU and Arizona State. And we know the big guy wasn't around. So I know that you guys have probably dismissed that stretch, uh, Greg, and maybe it'll hurt you a tiny bit in the seeding for the NCAA tournament. But the growth of your team paid off once you get to the Big East uh, schedule. Yeah, no question, Kevin. And unfortunately, for, you know, with the bracket reveal the other day with the top, you know, top 16 teams being announced and us being just outside of that, clearly the committee recognizes that we played some games without a really good player. Otherwise, I don't think we would be, um, you know, considered uh, for, a, for a top four seed. So, you know, we we just have to keep doing what we're doing and guys have gotten better and I'm, I'm really proud of them for that. Uh, this league is as you guys know, it's it's really hard, and there's some teams at the top that are playing extremely well, and and you know you got teams in the middle and at the bottom that you just can't sleep on. Um, you know you have to be ready every single night, or you're or you're going to take a loss. Where would you like to see the improvement from your team come from this point forward? Because you know what you have. I think your guys probably also realize who they are and what they are out on the floor. Where would you like to see the improvement come from, and and where can it come from at this late stage of the year? Uh, you know, I think for us right now, it's ball security. Uh, you know, we turned it over 16, 17 times against St. John's uh, uh, in Queens the other night. Uh, nine turnovers in the second half against Marquette uh, for, for 15 for the game. And, you know, some of those are turnovers that lead easy baskets on the other end. And and we've been a pretty good defensive team. And, you know, you can't set your defense when you're, when you're backpedaling trying to put the fire out because of a turnover. And we had been in the top, you know, 20, 25 in the country in, in fewest turnover per, percentage on the year. And we've got to get back to that. You know, we've got to make sure we're getting shots without turnovers and and then just clean up a couple of things on defense that maybe uh, we haven't been quite as good at the last few games. But, uh, you know, I like where we're, our team is and we just got to try to finish this last 10 days off. Hey, uh, Greg, last one for me. Uh, it seems as if your defense has been underrated all season long. It's, it's I believe, in the top 10 or 15 uh, on the Ken Palm here as we head to this stretch. Uh, and you've also clearly tried to get more of your bench into the mix. Uh, how do you think that's going and how important will that be the rest of the way? Well, both are really important, Kevin, you know, because, you know, you go into certainly into the into the Big East tournament and then NCAA tournament. And, you know, defense travels. Defense and rebounding can can give you an opportunity to win a game on a night when maybe you don't shoot it as well. And, you know, you, you're probably not going to play three perfect games uh, in, in New York. You're probably not going to play a perfect game in the NCAA tournament every game. You know, Nova was probably the exception that one year when I think they shot 50% from the three-point line for the tournament. Uh, but you know, so you have to have other ways to win, and and I think that's really the important thing as we move to the stretch. And, and our defense has been good. It's a different, you know, people maybe don't look at us and say, "Wow, that's an elite defensive team," because we're not forcing a lot of turnovers. We're not up pressuring the ball. We're not playing ninety four feet. We're really trying to make shots in the paint difficult shots, and uh, we've done a pretty good job of that for the most part. And that's going to need to continue down this stretch run. 
That's Creighton head coach Greg McDermott. With the Blue Jays still very much in position to do something special for themselves this season. The national perspective is next, and who better than a former Big East coach turned broadcaster to take us through what it's like during the ups and downs and swings through the college basketball season, who also has his eye maybe on the postseason. CBS Sports' Steve Lapis joins us next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the national perspective. The National Perspective. Hoda Cali inbounds to the right for Harris. Harris heads toward the basket, gets contact. Shot blocked away by Jackson, who's had a fantastic game. Here's Hawkins running the floor, right wing three. It's good. 56-40, UConn on a 14-0 run the last six minutes plus. Welcome back to this week in the Big East. The race to the finish line, pretty much a straight line for the top four in the Big East before this week rolled into view anyway. Now, well, a couple of teams have zigged, a couple more might zag, and we think we might have some definition to the league championship race. Or do we? Former Villanova coach, current CBS Sports broadcaster Steve Lapos joins us this week in the Big East. Steve, do we have a winner yet with about a week to go in this regular season based on what you've seen or still to be determined? Well, you know, you got to think that Marquette, I mean, they're up a half a game on the Friars, as we know, but their schedule remaining is, you know, they have DePaul at home, they have St. John's at home, and they're at uh, Butler. You know, you got to think that they're going to win those three games. So uh, I would say, obviously, the odds are that Marquette's going to end up winning it. I you know the Friars, after that game against UConn tonight, they have a great schedule, too, left, but I just think they, they may come up a game short. Steve, what's your impressions of Marquette? Obviously one of the surprise teams, not only in the league, but around the country. Uh, It's a team that you have to watch, I think, multiple times to get an appreciation for. Uh, I'm curious where you where you stand with the with the Golden Eagles. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Shaka Smart has done an unbelievable job. They're picked ninth in the preseason and now they're like a top 10 team in the country. Forget about having the opportunity to win the Big E. So, and and they've done it differently, you know. I know Tyler Kolick did transfer a couple of years ago from George Mason, but he's developed guys. You know, all these guys came back from last year, and they've all doubled what they were. So you got to give Shaka a tremendous amount of credit in terms of how he developed this program and what they're doing. And really, they are a tremendous offensive team. Now, don't get me wrong, they play good defense, but – this team can really score. They have shooters. They have, a, you know, the point guard, Tyler Kolick, in terms of directing an offense, he's as good as there is in the country. And the truth is, through most of the year, I thought Suli Boom or, or Bryce Hopkins were, you know, your two players of the year. All of a sudden, really, Tyler Kolick has kind of gotten into that conversation also. So they're just a really good offensive team. They have a tremendous point guard. They got guys like Igadoro, 6'9". That's a tremendous passer. So they pass the ball very well to each other. They're just a really, really good team. Now, hey, look, there are four, and I'll take UConn too, but there are certainly four really good teams in the Big East because you can't take anything away from Xavier Creighton, what Ed has done with Providence this year. And UConn's been a little inconsistent after they got all the way up in the polls. But, uh, you know, I think this Marquette team is is really good, and they play great offense. Other than Marquette, who else has caught your eye in terms of really impressing you and you weren't sure what they had and how they performed with what they have so far this season? You know, I, I, I'll, I'll throw Providence in there for sure. I mean, Ed has, you know, and you talk about two guys that are great coaches and have done it in completely different ways. You got Shaka, who's kind of developed these guys, brought them back from last year, and you got Ed who's got this brand-new team. 
I mean, and both situations are really hard, I think. Now, I was more in line with what Shaka's doing because I didn't coach during the portal age to have to deal with what Ed, but for Ed to do what he's doing with a whole new team, yeah, granted, there's a couple of guys back, obviously, Bynum's back and Croswell's back, but Croswell, you know, he may be the most improved player in the country. So, and then you throw in, you know, Bryce Hopkins, Devin Carter, uh, you know, uh, uh, Noah, and all of a sudden, you know, you take this new team and you're this good. So two great coaches, both doing it in completely different ways. You mentioned UConn, Stephen. You're right, 14-0. and People had them as, as one of the national title uh, candidates. Uh, they didn't just go bad. You know, if you look at their schedule, it was front-loaded with road games against the best teams. Right. And, and now it's shaken out the other way. Um, and they finish with a little lighter uh, opportunity to go into the Big East tournament on a roll. Uh, I'll be curious where they're seated. If they're not a, a top four or five seed, uh, no one will want to play them. Uh, you you know, you've seen basketball for a long time. You've seen seasons go in various waves. Uh, where do you think the UConn Huskies can become the big tournament? You ask yourself, okay, you're, as you say, uh, it was their schedule was front loaded, no doubt about it, in terms of being difficult. But I think the one issue that they have, and that's not going away, is I think their point guard situation. I had them the first game of the year, and I looked at them and I said, "Boy, they got a, they got a, they got everything. They got a bench, they got guys that can score, they got a big man inside that you can throw it to with two minutes to go, and he's going to get it done for you. They got a guy like Hawkins, Andre Jackson, who's a great glue guy. But the point guard situation, you know, Tristan Newton has had some good games, no doubt." Mm-hmm. But he's not a pure point guard, and I think in against those elite teams, that makes a difference. Yes, they are dangerous. There's no doubt about it. You know, as a fifth seed, which is what they're probably going to be most likely in the Big East tournament, you know, they're going to be a tough out, no doubt about it. But uh, I think the point guard situation is something for them that is going to show up when they play the really good teams. Steve Lapp is joining us this week in the Big East, an analyst, if you will, for CBS Sports Network covering Big East and, and other conference games throughout the course of the season. I, I think you would be a perfect person to ask this question, Steve, because you have been a coach at the end of a season. And do coaches tend to try not to coach differently in the last couple of weeks of a season, or is it just inevitable that they coach differently because the situation dictates that? Which is it? You know, it's a great question. I think a lot depends on the situation you're in. You know what I mean? If you're a uh, if, if you're a team like uh, Marquette, say, uh, that knows they're in the NCAA tournament, you may approach these games differently. You know, you may, uh, not that you're not trying to win them, but, you know, you, you're obviously seeding is important. We know that. But, you know, you may rest the guy a little bit more. You may do things like that. You know, if you're on the bubble, you're looking at things a lot differently in terms of you're fighting for every possible play forget about win you're fighting for every play in every game so I think the the perspective that you're coming from makes a difference in how you're going to deal with it I tried not to really change that much I was I had teams that were in the tournament for sure I had teams that were on the bubble uh, certainly much more fun when the team is in for sure let me just say <laughs> I know that's, that's not a revelation that's a lot nicer and a lot easier but I think it depends on your situation well, I, I'm going to drill down on that, Steve. So, so say you have a team that here on, you know, February 20th is in the tournament. Uh, as John said, how do you approach 
uh, the last couple games of the of the regular season, the Big East tournament, knowing that, you know, uh, sorry, Big East tournament fans, but uh, for a team that's ranked in the top 10 and the top 25, it's about the NCAA tournament and, and being fresh for that first weekend. There's no guaranteed, you know, prescription of success, of course, but uh, what did go through your head during those times? I had a very difficult situation that we won the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden in 1995 we beat UConn by 25 points in the championship game and uh you know we were like number eight or nine in the country uh we ended up being a three seed in the tournament and four days later we got knocked out in the first round really uh nobody could and people could care less that we won the that first big east championship in the history of the school because four days later we went down in triple overtime in the first round to a 14 seed yeah so do I think we were emotionally drained for that first game? Yeah, it was a huge night for us to win the Big East. And in those days, we played the Big East Championship game before the selection. So, so it was on Sunday. It wasn't, it's not, it wasn't Saturday night like it is now or Saturday evening. The game was on Sunday. And so you had this big emotional win, one of the greatest wins in the history of the school up until obviously the 85 championship game is always not always number one. Now Jay has a couple in there to, to fight that <laughs> for. But you know, up until that point, it was like a top three game in the history of the school, top four. And four days later, we go down in flames and really nobody could care less. So, but would you not try to win the Big East Championship because you're worried about being burnt out? Of course not. Everybody that goes to New York is concentrating on winning that Big East Championship and then we'll deal with the next step. In right. retrospect, could it help you to lose? It might, no doubt. But you certainly aren't going to try to lose. You're, everybody's going there trying to win, and they'll deal with the next step when it comes. Steve, as always, thanks much. Steve Lapa, CBS Sports Color Analyst. On the road we've traveled, and on the road ahead. Who's got next? There are a few big ones on the final week of the regular season slate, and we'll run them down for you coming up. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next? This week in the Big East. Who's got next this week in the Big East? And the ball loose into the hands of Pasha Soriano. Two-hand dunk. What a delivery by Alexander and the finish by Soriano. That might be the pass of the year right there. His back completely to him. The instincts, eyes in the back of his head. Soriano the finish. John Rook, Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East. As far as the upcoming games, who's got next on Saturday? Creighton plays at Villanova. 12 noon start. In Philadelphia, Kevin, that could have all kinds of implications for Creighton, of course, in that one. And the Marquette Golden Eagles, they're at home against the DePaul Blue Demons, but Marquette could officially clinch at least a piece of the regular season title with a win. Yeah, Marquette certainly in the driver's position for sure. Interesting game, though, Creighton-Villanova. Again, Villanova's playing better, pointing in the right direction. Uh, certainly would love to beat a team like Creighton heading into the Big East tournament. Creighton, on the other hand, they're playing for NCAA seeding, John, and they're one of those teams that are going to be difficult to seed. That game at Villanova, big one, big road opportunity for the Jays. UConn will also try to keep their uh, great play of late rolling. They're playing at St. John's and get a little bit of a preview at Madison Square Garden on Saturday afternoon. Sunday, one game, Providence will play at Georgetown. And then on Tuesday, it could be title time for Marquette, provided they can win it on the road at Butler. And Villanova will also play at Seton Hall in a game that could definitely have seating implications yeah villanova seton hall they're in that uh five six seven a block probably more six seven and again no one wants to play either one of those teams at the garden wednesday next week kev i think it could be all on the line for xavier 
at Providence that game in terms of who finishes maybe as high as second or maybe who gives Marquette a little bit of a late threat during the regular season here. And, John, Providence is perfect at home. I can guarantee you Ed Cooley would like to remain perfect at home over those final two home games for the Friars against Xavier and Seton Hall. In case you were wondering, for the final weekend, the game times have been set for Saturday, March the 4th. Seton Hall in Providence is a 12 noon tip. St. John's Marquette will tip off at 2. Butler at Xavier at 7. UConn, Villanova, 7.30. Creighton, DePaul at 9 o'clock. All set late for TV purposes and because of the seating in the conference race. So, Kev, we know where we're going. We just have to get there. A, a noon game for me, John? Sign me up. I'll be all set. I'll be all ready for it. Our thanks to Marquette's Tyler Kolick, Creighton's Greg McDermott, and CBS Sports' Steve Lapis for joining us. Thanks to our flagship radio stations for the calls you hear on the show, and to Learfield, Fox, and ESPN for their assistance with their use. Thanks to producer Kevin Collins. Thanks as well to our executive producers, John Paquette, Scott Heck, Kevin Ivany at the Big East. Thank you all to the coaches and administrators at the 11 Big East member institutions for making themselves available to us and therefore to you. For Kevin Mack, I'm John Rook. Find us on Twitter at JR Broadcaster, at Kevin McNamara33. You can always reach out on Twitter. Use that hashtag TWITBE. We'll be back same time next week for this week in the Big East. Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.